like nothing ever happened <laughs> remember all those hills we were all falling down <laughs> no i was in a pit of fire i, I never was i've never missed an episode so that's true you are actually the main character of living she is. <laughs> that's so funny in case you've forgotten i'm nicole <laughs> i'm alexis and i'm a beach volleyball <laughs> because i was admiring her because look at her she's beautiful she's stunning she's beauty she's a grace i'm she not miss united states she has a beach ball for a head that didn't rhyme but we were talking about her hood because it's rounded and it doesn't have a point oh, oh. <laughs> oh we panicked <laughs> no reaction you your Literally, Laura just smacked her elbow on me and Nicole jumped. And Laura just had it didn't hurt. zero reaction. No reaction. <laughs> like, but none. You just clung. Oh. <laughs> Nicole got famous in the I local tri-state area. No. She is now, um, would you say a C-list actor in this area? I'd say D. I would say C. I'd say D. I was going to say B, but. Mm, I was in an acting class with Nicole for the last seven weeks, right? Seven. Mm-hmm. And everyone flocked to our group and would steadily ignore me. And I'm very tall with fat tits. And they would speak straight to her. That's at least (laughs) C-list. Okay, Nicole, what have you read? So the last book I remember talking about was Nothing But Blackened Teeth. And then I disappeared for a while. She got famous. I read Miss Bennett, Christmas at Pemberley. I wonder why she did that. Lauren Gunderson. Um, That was for... Show. Yeah, Nicole's been pregnant since she was gone. She didn't give birth or nothing. <laughs> She's not pregnant, pregnant to her career. Oh, pregnant. I was pregnant to the hustle. <laughs> and she's been in labor. I wish you guys could have seen that from my perspective. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then I read this picture book called Extra Yarn by Mac Barnett, and I gave it five stars because it was very cute. It's about this little girl who is just the gift that keeps on giving, but you want her to give, and she knits you sweaters. And so all throughout the picture book, and it's about her like spreading kindness and spreading support to her town because her town is sad. The book is in black and white, but the yarn that she has is colorful. And so she wears, she makes herself a sweater, and now she's colorful. And then she's like, oh, my God, Grandma, you seem sad. I have all this extra yarn. Yeah, extra yarn. And so she knits her grandma a sweater, and then she knits her dog a sweater, and then she goes out to... T- yeah. It's so cute. It is so cute. And then she knits, like, all the animals' sweaters, and I think she knits the tree trunks some sweaters, too, to keep them warm. It's so cute. So cool. So <laughs> But it was so cute. I loved it. I loved it. Kind of want to read it again. It took me, like, five minutes to read, so... I love that. I I love picture books. I love picture books. I've never. I love the art. Picked up a picture book and read it and regretted it or like. I love Pete the Cat, and then I read The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern for the second time, but it was almost like the first. (laughs) And then I read Verity by Colleen Hoover, and that was the last book I read of 2021. And then to start the year, I did If We Were Villains, Crying in H Mart on audiobook, House of Salt and Sorrows. And I just finished The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. So that's what I read. And then I can talk about it later. 
little, little, little. Do you want me to go? Yeah. I'm going to skip the first one because it's just like, it's a lot to explain. Well, just the what's the title? Yeah. The Scum Villain Self-Saving System. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Danma, okay? I was choked. <laughs> it's good. This guy dies and he gets transported into a story that he liked online as the villain. And he's like, oh my god, now I gotta figure out how not to die. You know, I love, I, I know what it is and I know, because I, I want to read it because you told me about it. But it's just really funny being like, just read the title. This <laughs> <laughs> And then she went on to explain it. <laughs> I gave it five stars. It's only volume one. I'm waiting for volume two. If we were villains. We're talking about that later. I read volume two of Haikyuu. Gave it, I think, five stars. It has more cussing than the anime. Like, the one character's always flipping people off. And I said, That's Laura. Every time it happens. And I wish that happened in the anime. I read Six Crimson Cranes by oh. Elizabeth Lim. Beautiful, beautiful. It has dragons. The second cover was just released. Is that the fisting book? No, that's no, um that's she, she who became, became the, the sun. sun. Right, I just that's all I can think about. Sorry. No, I am eagerly waiting to read. You're that. ready to be fisted. <laughs> you guys, said, you guys said you had a special order, right? Yeah, I off book depository. Right, so I'm literally do it. Hold on. Okay. Um, and Six Crimson Cranes is about a girl and her, uh, her brothers get turned into cranes and she gets cursed to have a bowl on her head and she can't talk otherwise her brothers will die oh. and so she goes on this journey to try to break the curse and by night her brothers turn into like human form hmm. um and she ends up having to get help from this boy that she was supposed to marry but she doesn't know it's him it's so good i think i give it five stars it's so good i cannot wait I to read it six crunch and crunch yeah about the kindle <laughs> I cannot wait to read it. Oh, XOXO by Axio. <laughs> it's about this girl who meets this boy in LA and because her uncle owns like karaoke. Oh, I wanted to read so, that one. It's so cute. I need more of these type of books. Anyways. I also want to read um, Tokyo Ever After. The She meets this boy and then they're like, oh my God, we're in love and have a fun little night. And then he leaves because he is from South Korea. And then her mom's like, I have to go see your grandma because she's dying. So she's like, well, I'm going to go with you. And then she ends up meeting the boy again. He's like a K-pop idol in this group. Oh, it's so good. It's so cute. It was so stupid, but like in a good way. What did I give that? I'm going to guess. I gave it four stars. Oh, I was going to guess four. Oh, and I then I wrote, read A Court of Thorns and Roses. Honestly, it was okay. Hmm. I mean, it's good for what it was. Okay. When I, when I, I've had two people read it since, and I tell them it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling, because it is. It is, yeah. Um, and you're on book three of that series now? Yeah. Book two was fucking amazing. See, and that's why I'm like, I just need to get to it. I just, but I want to reread book one first, so I'm waiting. Book one is fun, and it's enough to, like, get you into it, um, but I found, like, the main male character kind of boring. Hamlin's up. He's meant Snooze. to be boring. I understand that, but like... Boo, boo, tomatoes, I'm throwing tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally supposed to be him. Yeah. Boo, lame, corny. Except for the second one, he's not boring. He's just fucking stupid. thing is, he's like a boring fairy dildo in the first book. And honestly, I don't mind that. No, it was fine. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. It's fine. 
And then once you get to like under I the mountain, think, I haven't read the obviously and the, rest the trials. Series. Then it like gets fun. Yeah, the trials are good. But then by that time you're already like okay, well, like Reese. You've already seen tampons replacement. Yeah. Riz, yeah. Or ri- yeah. rise, Riz. It's ri- Reese. Reese. Mm-hmm. Witherspoon. Sure. <laughs> but it, it's like good world building in book one. Like yeah, I yeah, felt yeah, yeah. familiar enough with the world because I started book two back because I was reading these when they were coming out. I think so. It's like. <clears throat> Read book one, starting book two, and book three either wasn't out yet or was about to be out, and I just felt like the world building was good in book one. I gave book one five stars, but then after reading book two, I was like, I think it deserves four, maybe three and a half. It's like, it, it, it gets you there. I'm just kind of mad because everyone's like, ooh, spicy, spicy, spicy. It's, yeah, and then um, you told me there's like barely anything in it. Yeah, the first book has two sentences. I mean, that's what I told you. I was, it's not like, me even book it, two. Why, why does TikTok say that it's like one of the, like, ugh. I mean, because I think they're talking about the series, but, like, even in mm. book two, everyone's like, oh, chapter 55, chapter 55. So I was, like, speed reading to get to fucking Wait, 55. Wait, that's book two? That's chapter 55? Yeah. And, like, it's fine. It's only, like, three pages, though, isn't it? No, it's a decent amount. It's, like, the full chapter? Yeah. The entire chapter is just them fucking. But, like, it's okay. The fact that it was in paint took me out of it. I was like, Ugh. They're pa- in paint? Yeah, because she's, like, painting. Because she finds out that he's her mate yeah and she's mad because he's like been keeping this from her and so he takes her to this cabin and was like okay i'm gonna give you time alone to like think about it and i'm not gonna bother you don't worry so he leaves and he's like bye we'll come back and like see if you want to talk it out or whatever and like just do whatever you want and she finds paint there and she starts painting which is like a big deal because after the whole thing with under the mountain she doesn't paint because she's like you know traumatized she's not feeling life and so she's finally starts painting again I don't know what happens under the mountain. I've avoided that spoiler. It's in book one. Wait, it's the trials? Yeah. That's what she's traumatized by through this whole book series? How is that not traumatizing? It's traumatizing. It's just not what I expected. I thought there was more. I thought something else happened under the mountain, like in book two. No. Well, this whole series surprises me, but it's like in like reverse ways. I'm always like, (laughs) oh my God, Sarah J. Maas, stop. And it's like Sarah J. Maas didn't even start. Anyway, she's painting and then comes and he explains like his entire story, which is like really good. And then they fuck on the table with all the paint. And so paint gets everywhere. And I'm like, didn't we have to? Couldn't she just go to the bed or like the couch or something? She's going to get a UTI. And that's the only part that, okay, that's not the only part that really annoyed me. Other parts that really annoyed me in book one. She says, um, under things a lot as underwear and the phrase, my bowels turned to liquid. Yeah. Girl, just say you shit yourself. <laughs> I hate that phrase. What? She gets My nervous. bowels turned to liquid. And instead of just being like, her stomach hurts from being nervous. She's she just shit like, I'm going to do my pants. I felt my bowels turned to liquid. Yeah. That's like, is all- that supposed to be like poetic? Cause it's not, it's very bad. I, I hate think, it. I think doing that once would be like, okay, you're giving us some. Yeah, if, no, it feels very rupee car is what it feels like. And then my book two. <laughs> <laughs> book two, my problem phrasing wise, because I loved book two. I couldn't put book two down. I literally would read my copy at home. I'd go to work. I'd read my copy on computer. I'd go to bed. And I'd read the copy on my phone. I was like, just could not put it down. It was so fucking good. But my problem with book two was. Every time he was, like, looking at her and it was, like, clearly that they <laughs> were about to fuck. Is this when he growls or something? No, no, no. There's lots of growling, but none. some of it's not sexual. Anyways, he was always um, having a male smile. What like, does that mean? Thank you! <laughs> yeah. Laura texted me. She's like, 
he gets a boner like is that his male male smile smile. no his smile is male yeah like he gave me a male smile like a literal smile and i'm like this like a smirk this feels like dove for men that's me this feels like yogurt for men me at my job when someone tells me to check their mailbox (laughs) alexis I lived to get the mom side from Nicole. I missed it. It keeps me young. That's why I'm turning 24. Because I haven't gotten it in too long. I'm turning 22 again. Also, Lauren, I decided. I've had. This she is, decided. She just tried to explain to me. I said, okay. That, uh, oh, actually, I said this is my third birthday in the pandemic. And Nicole said, or Laura said, that means that I haven't grown socially in two years. <laughs> no, I said I I understand that like everyone has like aged biologically. I was like, but socially none of us have aged. Yeah. Cuz none of us have gone out and done anything that where we have like personal growth as a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm 22 and I also said it was the year that 222 two, two, This is the part where I was like, okay, came out. So this is my 222 two, two. because I'm turning 22 for the second time because it's my second it's my third birthday in the pandemic but it's the full second year in the pandemic which means I've lost two full years in the 222 two, two. so it's my 222 two, two, two. That's the icing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's far I said okay. It's my 222. Two, you mean it sound like two, I two, said two, just two. you personally haven't grown as a person. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. My brain isn't fully developed. I'm doing my best. When you hang out with babies, what do you expect? Baby shit. I shit my pants. <laughs> no, your bow is turned to liquid. <laughs> Anyways, Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. I guess Liv I should have talked about my... <laughs> I guess I should have talked about my books, too. Um, oh, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle which jerk. Honestly, is the perfect nickname for Sarah J. Moss because when I go to Taco Bell and I ask for hot sauce, I expect hot sauce and I get sweet chili sauce. It's not spicy, and that's how her books feel. Diablo sauce is not that hot, and that's how I felt being like, oh, her books are. They're fine. They're fun, but like, don't add them to the spicy list on TikTok. No, of Blood and Ash is giving what I thought. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Court of Thorns and Roses was going to go. I was literally in and I was talking about the two and I was like everyone thinks this is spicy I was like but what they don't understand is from Blood and Ash is spicy I was like they had a whole 13 pages of just him eating her out this was two sentences yeah yeah there's an entire chapter of him just nomming the cooch and literally nomming he bites her clitoris uh huh and feeds yeah that's spicy yeah and, like, I will be honest, though, I did wince. I was like, ooh. But then what's happening, I was like, ah. <laughs> so, the fact that Jennifer L. Armentrout pulled me into that situation, when I'm, you know, not a fan of the idea of my clitoris being chopped. <laughs> I feel like if it was him, it it makes sense in that the story. That man could do anything to me, though. That's the thing. <laughs> she created a man that I'm like, he could break my leg sexually, and I'd somehow be like, that's arousing. But if a man really broke my leg, I'd be calling the cops. He's just different. But I did understand, because I feel like everyone goes from, like, Aquatar to, like, dark for romance. And I'm like, where is the pipeline here? Where is it? I get it, though. In the first book, this man that she ends up with in the whole thing, which is, like, a plot twist, but everyone fucking knows it. Anyways, um, he makes a bet with her to help her. And in return, she has to, like, 
be his like not slave but like whore basically and so he prays he dresses her up in basically nothing parades her around the court i didn't know this I'm he so drugs her wine and then makes him makes her dance for him so that she like humiliates herself but like the whole time i was doing this you're kind of like <laughs> i mean <laughs> reese it's kind of hot some people have so i get the kinks. i get the pipeline I get how you go from that to, like, something darker. Like, mafia romance. Like, the, yeah. the it is... The thing is, when this came out, wasn't it YA? Like, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And so, it's like, when I read it, when it was coming out, I was 19. I just started reading, um, like, more mature stuff. I think that was the same summer that I read my first adult fiction. Like, real adult fiction. Which was... What's her name? Gone Girl author. Jillian Flynn. Yeah, it was, it was Sharp Objects by Jillian Flynn. And... I read this right before, right after that. And I remember being like, whoa, like, this is a little crazy. Like, this is a lot more than I got with Smire in Breaking Dawn. Let me tell you that. Yeah, it's very, like, dubious consent so it, kind of it, thing. Well, so. the, it felt spicy when I was reading it for the first time as a 19-year-old. Now, this I'm is... I'm almost 30 and it still... That part specifically felt a little spicy. I was just like, oh my god. The actual sex didn't feel spicy. I was like, oh. No, but that's the thing. I think the the tone of the series is spicier. It's not. It's not what I would recommend to people that are trying to beat their meat in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. The second book, I'm giving it a five star, not a two star. Sorry. Um, and then I'm on the third book. I also read um the first volume of Black Clover. She's a reader. Which is the manga. It's about this world where everyone has magic except for this one kid who doesn't have magic. But he gets this, like, devil's grimoire. And so he has anti-magic. That's sexy. I found out about it because Megan the Stallion was watching. <laughs> and her Hot Wings thing she was talking about. And I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> but I don't feel like watching it, so I'm going to read it. What's it called? Black Clover. Okay. Oh! I've definitely heard of it now that you say that. Because I didn't realize it was also an anime. I've heard of the anime. I didn't know. I, obviously, if it's an anime, usually it's a manga. But I would is that the one that. that we would have to shelve a lot because they kept coming yeah. in? Okay. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Megan the Stallion was talking about it. I was like, that's all real cool. I'm going to read it. And I rated that a forge because it still is the first one. So, you know, it's just laying the groundwork. <clears throat> I feel like none of the first ones are all that fun. <laughs> I We definitely still were recording when I read the serial killer romance. Right? Yeah. So. I didn't even, I didn't even go into the end of 20. 21 because i don't care i don't care well and i think you and i were recording pretty much up till right before pemberley so we have most of our stuff that we read I think. yeah um because yeah i read it ends with us by colleen hoover at the end of the year and then i read two the first two of the invincible <gasps> oh comics. my god <laughs> <laughs> when does that new one come out may i think so Yee! august it's end of the year okay <gasps> Okay. And then I opened the year up with Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like I also read that because you were telling me all about it. I basically live tweeted it to you. Yeah. <laughs> because I... I want to read it. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Like, I, I pretty much did because that, that was right when um my husband got COVID, right when James got COVID. And I was like, I'm I remember read something super fucked up that takes my mind off of my husband being super sick. And I'm just going to live text it to 
Laura, because I knew you wanted to read it, because I saw it on your mm-hmm. want to read when I mm-hmm. logged that I was reading it. I read she it in like two me, hours. She's like, do you want to know about this? I was like, sure. It is the most fucked up book I've ever read, but strictly because of that one child mutilation and murdering portion, which honestly has nothing to do with the entire rest of the book. It could have been a short story. I think you should have just released that as a short story because the rest of the book is really almost convoluted and annoying. I gave it three Except stars. Except for the fucking worm baby. Okay, the thing is, it gave me good material. Like, me and Laura were making like, a lot of jokes out of it for a while. Cause, and, and I told you about that part, the lesbian worm baby. I texted that part in the group chat. They Basically, okay, I, spoiler alert if you want to read that, just skip the podcast five minutes. But <laughs> That's a lot of time. I like two minutes, maybe. Maybe one, honestly. But, like, these two... This one gay girl posts on an LGBT forum selling her, like, great-grandma's apple peeler. It's, like, a vintage apple peeler. This other girl's like, I want to buy that. I like apple peelers. And then they start having um, AOL aim sex, basically. Like, chat sex. This is, like, 2006 or something. And it quickly escalates to, like, a a dom-slave relationship, like, master-slave relationship um, kink. They have a contract that they sign. And the one... The, the the buyer and Dom, who's who becomes the Dom, ends up not buying the apple peeler because she finds out that the seller or the sub ends up just, like, only wanting to sell it because she can't afford things. And she's like, oh, if you're my slave, like, I'll pay for your rent. I'll take care of you, baby girl. Mama's got you. And then literally, like, there is, like, she calls her mom. Like, mommy. It's in their sex scenes. It's very, it's I know it's meant to be uncomfortable, but, like, it's very uncomfortable and then it moves into like she keeps seeing how far she can push her so it starts off with little things like oh like don't wear any underwear to work and then it goes into like leave your underwear like in the stall and like wear a red dress and like red lipstick and like very loud clothing to like prove to yourself that you're like not scared and like that was like i get that like she's trying to like push her out of her comfort zone she ends up getting fired because they're like girl your pussy stank and it's all over the bathroom and (laughs) And then she gets fired. The fact that I even remember this much makes me angry. And she gets fired. And then she's like, it's fine. Like, I'm paying your rent. Like, who cares that you got fired? And she's like, so true, bestie. And she's like, okay, now I want you to go to the park. Find a lizard or frog. or It's a lizard. Find a lizard. Carry it around in your pocket all day so you bond with it. And then come back to that same park and kill that bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really sad. And she, like, messaged her. like, you're so mean. I would never kill an animal. You're a sick fuck. I'm not talking to you anymore. And then two days later, she's like, I missed you. I killed that lizard. Uh. And then, like, it's, like, really gruesome. They describe the whole killing of the lizard. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of fucked up. But, like, I'm still not getting traumatizing vibes that I thought I was going to get. Like, when I was seeing these TikToks of these girls being like, I'm never going to be the same person after reading this book. Like, it was so awful. And then it moves into her making her do worse and worse. And then, like, the sub person is like, obviously like bored because she has no fucking job and she's literally living to please this person like contractually and she's like well i want to have a baby with you and that's like the one thing you can't give me so i don't know what we're gonna do about that and then she's like oh just uh get a parasite duh (laughs) so she does and so she makes her but the way she gets it she's like go to the butcher get a steak leave that steak out in the sun where you can keep an eye on it so animals don't eat it for several days or like over or for like two days or something in the heat in the sun. Let it infest, eat it, eat the whole thing. And that honestly, that scene fucked. That scene went. It was so 
awful if the whole book was just like that scene where it was like kind of like almost like body horror like she was like throwing up and like swallowing it and like eating this like worm ridden like 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 that one scene um from house of salt and sorrows yep oh okay okay because you guys have both read that right yeah yeah so Maybe I'll read that and we can put that in the pod. It was so good, Alexis. It was so good. It goes crazy. It goes stupid. It goes dumb. Oh, it was crazy. Book. It was crazy. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Um, but yeah, there's like that's that scene was great. I really liked that. It was super gross. Like it made me feel like the way that Grady Hendrix yuckiness feels, but also with like an eerier edge. Because I feel like Grady Hendrix always has that like kind of humorous, like. I think horror yeah, film. I was gonna say Grady Hendrix. He he does like camp. Yeah, it it was like without the campiness, but Looking that same camp level. In the eye. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, so she gets a parasite, and um. And then she's like, "I'm pregnant with our baby." Yeah, and then the the dom is like, "Maybe we're going a little far," because I didn't actually think you would do that. I didn't. So think- I got worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember chronologically where the child Jesus thing happened. The crucifixion thing happens. I think it's either right before or right after. During one... Because they break up, like, three times. There is a final time they break up after she gives birth to the lesbian worm baby. (laughs) And it's like, this is your son. And the woman's like, no, it's not. (laughs) You're fucking crazy. And she's like, I did this for us. This is your son. Girl. Anyways. (laughs) So I can't remember if it's that time or the time before. They have this big breakup where... The Dom is like, there are bad people in this world. Or no, no, no. I think that it's when they get back together and the sub is like, there's bad people in this world, but you're not one of them because this is a bad person. Because like back in my hometown or in this town, there was this guy and she goes on to describe like this um, sensationalized killing that happened in, you know, in the fictional universe that this is placed in. Where a brother was jealous of his, like, toddler brother. Like, he's, like, a 16-year-old that was jealous of, like, his five-year-old brother. Or three or seven. Something in there. You know, that, like, very much child age range. And he, like, brutally kills him. And, like, guts him and crucifies him. And it's, like... It's such a short book. And I felt like this was the longest part. And it had nothing to do with the plot. It literally was, like, a short story inside this already Mm. novella. Um, that was so gruesome. It was honestly the worst thing I've ever read. I wish I hadn't read that part. Like, I, everybody's like, you wish you wouldn't read this. Like, yeah, I do. It just was so awful and so useless. Like, if it had some sort of purchase to the story, if it had some sort of grip to the propelling of the plot, but there's no plot in this book. It was just shock value. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, what's the point? Well, the thing is, at least the events that happen between the two girls, there's elevation there. Like, it's clearly an escalation of how far can she push this girl. But also, like, there's no concrete reason why it all happens. It's well-written. It's gross. It's terrifying how far people could be willing to go. But it becomes so unbelievable. It's also written as emails back and forth. So I'm taking getting... it off my list because I feel like there's... Uh, yeah. yeah, see, once you... Yep. But there's there, it's emails back and forth between the girls. And they, like, what? Making sure it's... Okay. I got scared. Um, But it's emails back and forth, and then there's a few, like, clippings from, like, newspapers. Because it's a... It opens with you knowing that the sub kills herself, and that this is only readable because... uh, It's part of the investigation. It's part of the investigation Mm -hmm. against the girl. 
because when they broke up the girl's like i'm going to kill myself you've you said you would be my everything and i'm at this weakened state where i can't even take care of myself and you're leaving me and she's like yup deuces crazy and then she's literally it ends with her in a closet crying oh and there's this whole thing whole sub plot of like the dom girl's like yeah my father every night before i went to bed would say what do you des- what did you do to deserve your eyes which like i think was meant to be like what do you do to deserve like opening your eyes in the morning like why do you deserve sight like what have you done to deserve to wake up tomorrow does this explain the cover yeah okay. because at the end it's implied that she's holding her worm baby and kills herself by gouging her eyes out with the mm. apple peeler which i'm like okay sick but also like why were they like this why did any of this happen like i don't i don't know any of their backstory so i can't understand how they like they try to give us little tidbits of the backstory but it's like i don't think it was fleshed out enough like even with just 50 extra pages just giving us why they were the way they were and maybe like why that final push happened the way it did i think it could have been like four or five stars just because of how awful it was like it it had the shock value all it needed was like maybe five more emails (laughs) it has a 2.7 star rating on barnes and noble yeah, a lot of people hate... Well, also a lot of people are like... Because at the time, um, the author was not part of the... Like, was not out and part of the LGBT community. So the original reviews were reviewing it as someone who could not understand sapphic love. So I think those initial reviews that they got were... Um, like, I understand why so many people were outraged. Because it just felt like the sexualization of two women. Mm. Um, for no reason. And like, the like this weird defiling of what it is to be like a sapphic woman and obviously like they are out now i think they're non-binary uh so some people have changed their reviews but obviously not everybody's gonna know that so there's a lot of one-star reviews that are just straight off that but also i gave it three stars was not that good but like if you just want a shock value book no because books like that i feel like it's just such a waste of time. Kind of like a little life. Why do I just want to read about trauma porn? Why At do I just want to read shock porn? A little life is literally a 32-hour audiobook. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy I got rid of that one. But yeah. And I just removed that one off my to-read list. Yeah. You basically read it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, I, I basically read it. So. That was like the whole lowdown. Couldn't mark it as read? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Um, and then I reread If We Were Villains by Emma Rio. And you loved it this time. I loved it this time. We'll talk more in depth about I that. I loved it. Lib laugh loved. Yeah, you'll hear the whole thing, but oh my god. Okay, anyways. Um, also reread Captive Prince he... because I needed it. <laughs> Is this your foot? Yeah. Yeah, it's me foot. Um, and then I read Dark Rise, also by C.S. Picot. Because I needed it. <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll also eventually go into more detail for. Oh my god. I just know we will. So. Like, if Laura and I ever have an episode again, that's what we're straight on. Straight on Dark Rise. That's my fucking She's going to read it eventually. She yeah. has a copy. I that's have, true. I have a copy. Yeah, you have a copy. I was going to say, I have the cover. I have the cover. Just the cover. Um, And then I just read, uh, right before the month ended, I read The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilpin for the first time. I didn't. I didn't ever read that in high school, so. Yeah, I, uh, I've heard a lot about that one. I, I, I read it in high school and college. I think I want to read it. It's good. It's very quick. I literally... Yeah, it's, it's also a novella, right? Like 25 minutes or something? Yeah, it's like usually part of an anthology of like mm. literature shit. Yeah. A lot of people have to read it in school, and that's why I was like, I just want to read it, because like every other person in all my English classes always reference it whenever we talk about like feminism the stuff. The classics. Yeah. 
that's i'm an english major i didn't know that one <laughs> english major roots are showing get him died <laughs> so i read okay uh, uh, night circus i gave it five stars um this time i actually remember some of it because i truly did not remember a whole lot about the book yeah yeah it straight up felt like i read it for the first time which is like yeah, when she was saying like I don't remember it being so heavily romance centered and I'm it's like, like all romance. <laughs> I was like, were we reading the same book, Alexis? You got to read it. You, I think you'd love it. I know, and I, I mean, we've done an episode on it now too, so it's like I don't have like super. I mean, rush we on didn't. It. Yeah, do it. we, we did it. But really, he is in the podcast. Like, damn. And then I read Verity by Colleen Hoover, which I loved. It was so good. Um, I also ew, sorry. I touch Alexis's foot. Hate me, just say that. I uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also. Did I do something wrong? No, you're just under twenty five. <laughs> I can't control that. I can't age up. No Pokemon. I can't just change my evolution. Go on. So um so yeah I've I've now read two Colleen Hoover books. It ends with us and Verity. And then I bought November nine, and then Cody bought me all. All, all of, all of us, per- all your perfects. That's it. All, all of us, all of your perfects. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, it's purple. Purple, purple, purple. <laughs> but Verity was really fun. Super quick read. It's only like three hundred pages. Um. Oh, I think you guys should read it because I want to talk about it because it's so good. I have it. It's so good. I loved it. Give us a little summary. Oh, uh, okay. Down without in spoiler free. So, um, Verity is our main character, and she is an author who's not very who, who's not known at all. Me. But um, <laughs> oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this guy, his wife, who is a, who's like the Schwab, of <laughs> of her of her era, um, she is very very sick. But she needs to churn out like three more books, a whole trilogy, to fulfill her contract. But the public doesn't know that the wife is super sick and on like her deathbed, um, like paralyzed. And so the husband hires Verity and is like, hey, write under a pen name. And we're going to say like Schwab, like how James Patterson does his books. James Patterson, James Patterson, and this person. But instead, it's going to be like, Oh, Schwab and Alexis wrote a book together. And so it's... Oh, she's going to nut. Okay. I was, <laughs> don't even say that. I was like, I was listening to you, but like that <laughs> gave me a boner. A male smile. It gave me, it gave me a lesbian tapeworm baby. I'm pregnant, Schwab. It's yours. But, um, so yeah, she is hired to be kind of like this ghost writer or a joint writer for her books. And so this entire time... She is. She wants to write the continue the continuing um, trilogy in the series or the rest of the books in the series, but she's like, I don't know these characters, so I'm gonna read all of her notes and I'm gonna read all of the books prior to the ones I'm gonna write, so I know what the fuck's going on, so I know these characters. And so while she's doing research and reading through the author's notes, she finds a whole journal that outlines um, just the author's thoughts and like what happens and so there's um whoa and so the whole premise of the book is like do you trust the 
journal that is being written where she does terrible, terrible things to her family, to her children. She, like, hates her fucking children. It's kind of gross reading it. Um, but so it's like, do do I trust the journal where she wants to kill her kids, plots to kill her kids because she's jealous of her children and the attention that they get from their father? Or do you trust a letter that is found in the epilogue saying, none of that is true. I wrote the journal to protect my ass because my husband is abusive and we were going to run. I was going to take the kids and I was going to run away. But the letter is hidden under like a floorboard in the the woman's office. So it's just, it's crazy. There's one scene with a boy and a knife that I can't get out of my head and I can't think about it too long because it really disturbs me. <laughs> Ugh, he does it makes me excited though. Yeah, yeah. He does something That's crazy with a, a knife. No! <laughs> but he does something crazy with a knife and uh it's so crazy. Oh yeah, this whole time too. Um This whole time too, Verity is as she's reading through the notes, she's getting this like weird feeling that the wife is not actually sick or paralyzed. And so out of the corner of her eye, she's like, oh, my God, she's standing at the top of the stairs. Or she was just looking at me through the window, but she's supposed to be, like, in a coma. That's what it is, in a coma. But I could have sworn that she was just standing looking at me. But then she goes into the hospital room or, like, the bedroom where she's stationed. And she's still exactly the same, like, in a coma. And then sometimes the son is st- sitting with his mom. And then he'll... he'll Say like, oh, my mom said this. My mom said that. And she's like, your mom's in a coma. And he's like, oh, oops, I'm not supposed to say anything. So it's like you just don't know what's really happening. Is Verity going crazy? Or is the mom really not in a coma? And she it's fucking wild. It's so crazy. (laughs) But it's so good. So I'm really excited to read her other books. Oh, it's so good. I gave that one five stars. What else have you read? And then I did um, If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio, which I thought we would hate. Oh, yeah. I went into that just like, oh, I'm going to tear this bitch apart. I went into it ready to hate it. And then I loved it. And I loved it. And we reference it all the time. Yeah. That's my bad. I will take the L on that one. I fucked up. (laughs) The first time I read it was just with bad people. Like, that's it. It's so good. I never group read with people I didn't really know before. There was a lot of drama in that group. I almost was going through my own, literally, If We Were Villains arc in this group that I was in. Like, I look back at it, and I'm like, everybody thought they were a person in that book, and I was just out there like, we're reading They were literally just like, you're this person. You're like, this fucking group. So fucking annoying. One, we're sexy. Two, (laughs) we're less insufferable to me. I don't know a lot of other people, but that's what's important. What is important is that I think we're funny and fresh and sexy and delicious and delectable. I didn't think those people were. That's fair. That's accurate. A lot of them had really bad, like, names also. It bothers me to this day. Bad names is, like, like online or, like, actual oh, names? These were their names. Like, government these official their... names. I don't know about all that. <laughs> but this is what they told me were their government official names. Like, one girl's name was Wicked. Yeah. And then I also read through audiobook uh, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. 
Is that her name? Michelle's <laughs> Honor. <laughs> the TikTok. It's so good. I have a few. I'll show you in a minute. I don't think I liked the book very much. It's a memoir. It's a food memoir written by a Korean woman. She's in a band called Japanese Breakfast. Maybe you've heard of her. And then I was like, why did a Korean woman name her band Japanese Breakfast when she's not Japanese? And then her reasoning was, I wanted an exotic name. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And that was uh, different. Um, but the book itself got a lot of hype. And I wanted to read it before I knew that she was even a musician. Um, it is a food memoir. But I thought going into it, it'd be like, 50% food and 50% memoir about her like relationship with her mom is the bulk of the memoir part but it just became a book about food and she would describe anything and everything about food and just food like it, it I got to the point where I was annoyed and I could tune out because it's she's just describing how rice looks and feels and smells like when it cooks and then when you eat it she was just describing that um it was no cucumber. It was no cucumber seaweed dipped in soy sauce by Haruki Marikami. <laughs> like that that's good food writing. This one it just became it was it was as if Alex E. Harrow <laughs> was writing a food memoir. I feel like Because the like, descriptions were pretty, but I'm like, let's let's fucking get to the point. Let come on, let's go, let's go. I feel like Alex E. Harrow is like your villain origin story. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is. Haruki Murakami used to be. And then we read um, 10,000 Doors of January, which I'm so sorry for. But it just... There was one chapter where I actually could relate because she's talking about being an Asian... Because <laughs> she's talking about being an Asian kid in school and bringing her lunches and her classmates making fun of how it looked and smelled. And then she became embarrassed of her culture and stopped wanting to bring food from home. And I was like, wow, yeah, I get that, Michelle. And then it became something else entirely where I was just bored and annoyed at how much it became about food. Rather than being 50% food and 50% memoir, it was like 80% food. Was there any connection of like, this food is important to me because it reminds me of this, like connecting the memoir part to the food? No, there was one conversation that I remember, some conversation. That would make sense. Yeah, but it wasn't but like this that. This is my life through food and how the food has like affected me and like my life and what impact it has on it there's a um there's a chapter where she's in a restaurant with her mom and they're chatting and it becomes she's like my mom told me this story as i let's say they're at dim sum because i had i'm been craving dim sum but she's like my mom told me this story as the trolley cart drove by and i and i saw the shumai which was my favorite so i got some shumai and shumai for those of you who don't know it's dim sum. Dim sum in Chinese translates to little foods. It's typically eaten at this time as breakfast. And I love shumai because it's steamed pork and shrimp with some fish roe on top. And you wrap it like this and this is how it's prepared. And then it's cooked in a steamer. And then that's when it leaves the kitchen in, in the trolley cart. And that's what I ate. Chapter 9. <laughs> uh. Wonton soup. It's like, oh my god. Just, what? miso soup 
Mm, like, so there's like two different references here. But you know what? I think yours is better. I'm sorry. I cut block with miso soup. But yeah, it just. I was so happy when the audiobook was done. I gave it three stars. I think if she wasn't a musician. It wouldn't have been published. It wouldn't have. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been given so much praise. I think a lot of the praise is because. Oh, it's Michelle's honor. Japanese breakfast. Even though she's a fucking Korean woman, why, why, why is it Japanese breakfast? I don't get it. I don't get it. So yeah. Maybe she just really likes Japanese breakfasts. No, she said she wanted an exotic name for her band. Why couldn't it have been Korean breakfast? <laughs> she is half white. Why couldn't it have been Swedish breakfast? There you go. My God. Anyway, I also read House of Salt and Sorrows by Erin E. Craig, and I gave that five stars. That was recommended to me by Laura, and I happened to pick up an arc before I left. Murmur, murmur. And oh yeah, yeah. Nicole left. Murmur, murmur. We are all oh yeah free former booksellers. The thing is, she didn't even tell me. <laughs> I went to. I went. Well, yeah, to she didn't tell either of us. And suddenly, she was just like, "Oh yeah, when I quit Barnes and Noble." Yeah, and we're like, oh, I, you I, thought, quit I assumed, already? I assumed you knew because I didn't know. No, she didn't tell either of us. You just. Yeah, because I just went to Mamma Mamma and I was like talking to someone that worked there. I don't remember who. I think it was Laura, other Laura, obviously not the podcast Laura. Um, but I was talking to Laura and I was like, yeah, something about Nicole. And then she was like, she doesn't work here. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, Monday was her last day. And I immediately whipped up my phone and like she started laughing at how quickly I took my phone out. She's like, you didn't let me finish the sentence. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that she quit. I texted you in, in the group chat because that's why I was like, maybe Laura does know or doesn't know, but just in case I'm a text in the group chat. And then you're like, yeah, I don't work there. <laughs> yeah, you quit and you didn't even tell us. <laughs> that's what we found out. Because I went there. So to... it's like garlic world. <laughs> you know what? I guess we all have. We're the pretty little liars right now. You got something to tell you. <laughs> that was your secret. <laughs> got a secret kitty. We even talked about pretty little liars at brunch. We did. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I woke up really angry because I was like, I I literally would have gone to fucking brunch. And then James was like, oh, I let you sleep. You look so tired. I don't look too tired to eat an egg benedict. It was so fucking good. It was so good. I'm so good. Also, I was like happy for you guys. (laughs) Like, I'm always happy when you guys are happy. I'm like happy for you guys, but. I'm like really happy for you. But also, I would have liked to have an allergic reaction to crab. It was good. Have. It was really good. I would have gotten an anaphylaxis. It was really good. She went into anaphylaxis. <laughs> you didn't go into anaphylactic shock. You just broke out in hives, right? No, I was getting itchy and I was like, let's stop. I had almonds yesterday. I ordered a cupcake and I didn't think it was going to have almonds on it. And then I came and I had almonds on it. And after I took a bite, I was like, oh shit, these are almonds. Oh well. <laughs> and then it was filled. I was like, oh my god, it has filling in it. And um, Cassandra's like, was it filled with almond butter? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I had one whole crab benedict, and I was like, I should stop soon. So I had, like, another third. I was like, honestly, I think you're fine. Is there anything else I missed at brunch so I can get all the osmosis? Or uh, one of the workers looked like The weekend. Mm. Oh, my God. When we went to (laughs) dinner with Hudson and Laura. Oh, at um, Mel's. There's no way that that's the guy that I beat up, but the waiter looked exactly like a kid I beat up in middle school. So I'm like, he has to be either a relative or... I wanted to ask him. 
<laughs> I was I would just be like, are you related? To I him? asked for an extra pickle, and he gave me two. Yeah. So I was like, it's definitely not the one I beat up. Unless he spit on one of the pickles. <gasps> he didn't spit on the pickle. It looked delicious. They were delicious pickles. Those pickles were... They were so snappy. Those were like some of the best pickles I've ever had. So snappy. Because I'm a girl who likes her gherkins little, and those were some big boys. And... <laughs> and then I also read The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. You didn't like it that much. I did not. Yeah. And I don't blame you. I read. I also don't think I was paying a whole lot of attention at the times I was reading, because I was reading when I was very, very tired. Yeah. But like I said, it's... I could understand feeling the disconnect of the characters. Like, I could see that happening because the plot twist that kind of spins the whole thing on its axis almost disengages you from them. Can you explain that to me? Because maybe I just was reading sentences and wasn't absorbing. I already told you the end, actually. You did? Yeah. I usually message Laura if I'm in pain and I don't know anybody that's read a book. And I'm like, hey, you care if I spoil this? Laura's like, nope. And I'm like... Here's the tea, and then Laura's just like, crazy. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Well, we haven't said that in a while. We did earlier. Well, you were getting batteries. So what's the plot twist? Um, I think I would give it 3.5 stars, but I rounded it up to 4. The plot twist was that the main character you were reading was telling his best friend's story the whole time. Oh, yeah. Okay, I yeah. got that. Yeah. But I'm saying that, because the whole thing's done from the POV of one character. I don't remember their names, but it's POV from one character and his best friend. And you think that the best friend's going to die the whole time. Like, it's set up to where they're both in the situation where it's like, wow, they're not both going to make it out alive and we're with this character and it, it's non-linear. So you see his adulthood. So you're like, oh, well, obviously one of them's going to die in the situation. It's too dangerous. Like, 50% of the boys don't survive. So he's got to die. And then at the end, they're running away through a field and one of them gets shot. Yeah, that, and you that realize part that really the, the best friend took on his identity so that he could keep living. That's the whole ending, which is like, that just fucked me up. Like to basically give away your entire life so your friend can, his legacy can continue. See, but even then, like I, I, I didn't realize that they were so close throughout the entire book until that was revealed that he took on his name when he was like, oh, oops, sorry, that's his name. That's not my name. Um, Or like confessing like, oh, I actually took on his name. Because we only find out when he tells his wife. Yeah, yeah. And so the entire time I was like, oh, I didn't realize that they were that close. I thought, you know, it's like we work at my mama and it's like, oh, yeah. You thought it was like a proximity friendship? Yeah. I had no idea that their friendship and that their love for each other ran that deep because I thought it's more like, yeah, proximity. You see someone at school every single fucking day, five days a week for four years in high school. You kind of become like buddies with them. I thought they were just buds. I saw their friendship deepening when they had that conversation about snitching that got mm. them killed or got them because they both kind of die in their own way but like when he's trusting him with that information and he's like they're trying to decide how they handle it and that like to me is where their friendship was like solidified because they're basically trading deadly secrets mm-hmm. with each other and he when he breaks him out also another thing that kind of took me out was um because that one was just shocking not the, not the plot twist was shocking but the plot twist revealed their relationship. And so it's the realization of their relationship <laughs> was shocking to me. Yeah. But um, another part that took me out was how how fucking long part two, like half of part two. Part two is like 80% of the book. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and half of part two was just talking about a boxing match that was happening from the white side and the black side. And then the winners of each side would come and like box to not the death, but essentially it was yeah to the death. It wasn't supposed to be. It, yeah, it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. But it's like it, they they threw around so many names. You had to pay attention during that part. That's, yeah. And I could see that like because I actually had to re-listen to that part. Because I did the same thing where I was listening while doing chores for most of it. Mm-hmm. So the beginning part was confusing for me because that's us learning who the main character is. Where he's like I said, I really liked part one. Yeah. And I liked the last few pages of part three, which was the plot twist. Yeah. I feel like... Um... Yeah, because the boxing match part's what made me sob, like, the most. That and the, the plot twist part. But, like, when the black kid is, like, confused... Because, so there's a boxing portion and... I I think it's supposed to be a parallel to their journey through blackness against whiteness during the time period. And I think the boxing match meant to reflect that where it's like, they've done everything right. They've played the part of, cause like the way the boxing match is set up is it's like a black kid fights the white kid and the black kid is supposed to throw the last round. He's supposed to win one round and throw. He's supposed to, like, he's just supposed to win and throw an exact amount to where it looks like the white kid fought really hard but lost. So, like, he has to throw the exact amount of rounds. And he agrees to it because he's, like, he knows they'll kill him pretty much if he doesn't. Like, because these boys die for, like, less important reasons than embarrassing an important white man's kid kind of thing. So, he's, like, I'll probably get killed or beaten or something if I don't do it. So, obviously, I'm going to do it. Even though it's, like, he's very, um, he's, like, almost the bully. Like, he is the bully of the group. Like, the, this black uh-huh. kid that's going to wrestle. So it's like, but he's a parallel to our main character in the sense that, like, our main character has done everything right. He's played the role of, like, the meek, smart, um, white-abiding, white-rule-abiding black kid. And he's still in this situation of, like, he could still die just for being black. And I think the wrestling match is supposed to be representative of that, so I think we spend so much time on that just because it's reflecting their journey almost perfectly <laughs> And then at the end with when the wrestling match happens, the the kid that's the black kid that's fighting against the white kid gets confused on how many rounds have gone because he's getting fucking dinked around in a wrestling match. So he wins on accident. And as he's getting carried off and the black kids feel like victorious, though, because they're like, holy shit, like he just fucking actually uh-huh. won. Like this has never happened. Like this is not allowed. But as he's getting carried <clears throat> off, he's sobbing because he's going, I thought there was one more round and he dies. Like, he does get beaten and, like, dies. So it's, like, it's, like, a to me, that part was, like, a perfect representation of what we're seeing our character go through in that he does everything right. And only in the end, when he thinks he's doing the right thing, does he die for it. And it's, like, you can be the worst, like, quote-unquote, worst type of Negro to them or the best type of Negro and you're still going to die just because you're a Negro. Like, that was, like, I get teary-eyed because that part, like, fucked me up. <laughs> I hate thinking about that part of the book. But, like, I could understand, though, like, their connection was, like, so wishy-washy. Yeah. The two characters. Like, because they're so different. And it does mm-hmm. seem like they're, it's only because they're, like, roommates, right? Yeah. They were roommates. They were roommates. Oh, my Kayla's probably home. But it does feel like that's why, that could be why, like, it wouldn't hit as hard. Because, like, yeah, why would you die for the guy that you just, like, are roommating with? Yeah. 
So that's what I read. And now I'm reading um, through audiobook Cultish, which is very interesting. Um, I like to do nonfiction through audiobook because I just feel like I can't sit and read a physical nonfiction book because uh, then I think I get bored. Yeah, it's really hard to keep my attention. Which is why I like doing them through audiobooks because I can just listen to it and it feels like a really cool lecture that I want to listen to. Um, and then I'm also reading <laughs> Spin, the Dawn. Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim, who wrote Six, Crim- Cri- Six, Six Crimson, Crimson Cranes. Cranes. Sit, sit, I need to sit, see the the what, Laura? The mm, cover. I couldn't think of the word cover of the second book. Really quickly. Oh, it's we... so pretty. Go to her. Go to her uh, Instagram. Oh. So because she has the UK edition, and yeah, I have the UK promise. edition. Yeah, and she has the US uh, edition. What were you saying? Really quickly before we wrap up, I do want to say what we kind of plan on diving into because we didn't get to do any of our opening year stuff. So just what are like two or three books you're really excited to read and then we'll we'll close out. There's too many. I know. Well, this is I mean, not how we felt for 2021. Do you remember 2021 yeah, we were like, was kind of we researching? We yeah. were like But I feel like 2021 we were coming out of a really really good reading. Yeah, like, like I still fucking rocked. I still think about those books. Dude. 2020 it's so weird because it's like it was one of the worst years of our lives just because of the way that the world was, but it was still my best year of reading I think I've ever had. And I don't know how it's going to get topped. Which, I mean, it starts with us. Ooh, it starts with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I already own it, but it did come out this year. Um, I was like, how? The Marie Antoine. <laughs> oh, when we lost our heads? Yeah, when we lost you our heads. You own it? Yeah, I actually pre-ordered it on Kindle. I owned it three hours before it came out. Oh, shit. They it early on I, I still got to... And I like, scrolled through it and like... I was like, do I start reading this or do I finish? Because I'm reading People Meet on Vacation right now. And I'm like, oh, I need that's to on me. Freaking finish it. Um, I put the new Rebecca Searle book on my TBR. I actually am I getting it in my that and I was like, okay. book of the month, and I'm gonna. But I'm I'm going in ready this time. Dark Rise did come cry. out last year, but I did read it this year. So I'm like, this year's already off to a great start for me. Like Dark Rise. I Gallant. need the second one. The ending of Dark Rise. Bitch. Oh my Bitch. god. I literally almost broke my fucking window. I Bitch. can't explain that the last, last line. line. Why? It's so hollow, but so filled with like so many fucking feelings. Why? I- is it like, is this, is this how it, is this? Like the, like, like that one line in, in, in. I'll read it to you because you're not going to get it. You have to have context to understand it. But is it like that one line in. <laughs> In in the Schwab book where it's like, so you admit it then. You are mine. Like, is that how we feel? Like It says <laughs> there is a line like that several several sentences prior to this one. Okay, the last several lines are I'm here to follow you. His eyes are bright, his lips smiling, his hair golden, the shifting light from the fire. Well said of course you are. Oh, that is the, so the the that that yeah, I guess. Out that of context is. it means literally fucking nothing. But in context, I wish you guys could see Laura. She's going feral. <laughs> she's up on her knees. She, she's going feral. Oh. Her ears are covered. <laughs> oh, um, another book I'm excited to read. It just left my brain. <laughs> I'm taking them puppies back out. Oh okay, well, my list. <laughs> I don't even know what I circle said. back to you. She who became the sun. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. The yes. fisting. Yes. 
I remember someone I told someone that and they're like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to read it because of that. And I'm like, <laughs> sucks right? for you. Block what? No. <laughs> It was this girl, I cut this out because she might listen. It was this girl that I used to talk to. And I was like, oh my God, this book. And she's like, yeah, I saw that. And I, I didn't really know if I want to read it because of that. Like, that kind of freaks me out. I'm like, isn't the cover so pretty uh, for the UK edition? Yeah. It's so pretty. She also said Reese was creepy. I hate boring bitches. Also, Rivals um, by Catherine McGee, which is American Royals number three. I can't believe I fucking keep forgetting that book exists. The thing that fucks me up is this bitch. I read number two when it first came out, and then she said, I have no plans to write a third one. That's like, right. Like, as of now, it's over. Like, maybe I'll visit in the future. And it's only been, like, a year and a half, and the bitch is coming out there and went, like, you had no plans? Really? What's, Catherine? What's the book Laura read <laughs> that was so poorly written that you said it was addicting? That was, you read it on the The one with the paw print? Yes, the fake sport. <laughs> the foxhole court. Yeah, yes. I've been seeing the foxhole court all over Book Talk lately. It's so good. The story itself is so good. You just have to get past the awful fucking. It's not even necessarily like grammar that's bad. It's just like the choice of where it feels paragraphs. Very elementary. Elementary. The way the paragraphs are, where they are placed. It's like. I see something that's like, okay, if you just move this paragraph in front of here, it'll read so much smoother. Yeah. There's, like, no editing because it's self-published. I've only read the first maybe one or two chapters, and I was like, this is just so hard. Like, I know if I push, I can get through. Once you're done with the first book, okay. it's honestly better. Yeah, my, my jaw hurts sometimes. Because I, I clench. I've been, well, you're also an actor. I've been... not projecting isn't natural. I've been clenching a lot. Do you have a mouth guard? No. Do you want one? Yeah. Yeah, Is it yeah? the first book, it's better because then the, <laughs> I think the editing was better. But yeah, I it got to the point where I literally had to turn to Cassandra of like, tell me, who the final pairing is, because if it's someone I don't like, I'm not fucking finishing it. Oh, I I remember what I wanted to say. <laughs> I'm finally canceling my book of the month subscription, and I'm so fucking excited. Unless they want to. Unless you want to sponsor us. <laughs> I love book of the month. It's the best book subscription service out there. They have great choices every month. I have never skipped a month. I've never skipped three months in a row. Olga Dies Dreaming just came out this year? Yeah. I didn't hear great things about it. Question rose up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, this, this year, I think I am going to attempt Crescent City. I was going to attempt Crescent City once I was done with... um. I, my reading list is finish um wings uh the court of wings and ruin uh-huh. um i might read the fourth one because it's very very tiny uh-huh. um she who became the sun and then crescent city that was my reading list yeah i think i'm gonna attempt it this year i think i'm ready i think i'm literate enough <laughs> and then if i can get through crescent city you're gonna finish night circuit i mean night house ninth night fuck house? you alexis that was to my own brain. I think I have to try Ninth House again from the beginning. But I think if I can get through Crescent City, let's say I read Crescent City in April, May. Then maybe by the time October, November rolls around, I can read Priory of the Orange Tree. God, she's... she's I think I'm sexy. literate enough. <laughs> but only time will tell. 
but yeah, I think. Get over how fucking oh hard that last week goes. I think that I'm and the ready. Fucking cell scene. Like I was on a run when I was listening to that scene. And I had to stop running and like literally catch my breath. Sorry. Whenever anyone says stop running, I can only hear it in Zach Bagans' voice. Stop running. <laughs> <laughs> He's yelling at Aaron. That man has a chokehold on you a little bit. No. Let's not say that. That makes me really that, uncomfortable. I think that man. I did tell Laura, if slash when he's in Sacramento, I do want to meet him so badly, but more like as a meme. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to meet um, Zach Bagans ironically. Yeah. Like you want to meet Zach Bagans, but make it camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we meet Zach Bagans, we have to put on sheets and we have to we have to have a sign that says we're not the KKK first. And then we have to go in there and be like, boo. How funny would that be? To go in there and meet him as a ghost? <laughs> yeah. If Zach Bagans come, we have to go meet him as like, a ghost. Like, we're haunting you. <laughs> Zach Bagans, take out your camera. <laughs> Zach Bagans, you want to take a photo of us? <laughs> I want to be a ghost so bad just so I can fuck with him. I can't wait to die so I can haunt Zach Bagans. Should I tweet that and at him? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to respond like the water sommelier responded to me in 2019. There's one water sommelier in the world and I've had direct contact with him. I don't think the tweet that he responded to was appropriate. But yeah, so I think I'll be literate enough to read those jokes that I like books and i cannot lie <laughs> i theoretically love big books because i love just diving into a story head first and if it's good living in it for like as long as possible and having so much detail and coming out of it feeling like filled up to the, my tippy tippy toes with goodness <laughs> am i that's better than everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's how i felt about um a court of mist and fury like i love i loved being in the middle of it and being like oh i know i have to like still halfway to go yeah i've read halfway i'm like i'm right in the middle of the story i'm loving it this is so much fun i hate starting stories though cause you see like, i oh, hate so- okay so i whoa i always visualize it with um her food voice came in <laughs> <laughs> with books like crescent city because it's like oh my god starting that and it's hardcover because so, i'm not going to read the paperback one i need the hardcover for that one um for intimidation purposes for myself um but like the idea of having all this here yeah. is terrifying. But then having all this here, that's the end of the book. And that's the fun part. That's so cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, Just like getting like getting halfway. Because I'm always like looking at the book. I do do that too. And I'm like, like ooh. And seeing like where the. I like closing it and uh-huh. leaving my bookmark out a little bit and seeing like, wow. Sometimes I get we're sad. We're fucking losers. Sometimes I get sad. <laughs> <laughs> we're all like, yeah, that's so cool. I love looking at pages. <laughs> Don't you guys agree? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was gonna say sometimes I get sad that we don't like we, we have books face spine in or spine out because sometimes I like actually want to see the progress when I'm working on a book, but it's like also then how am I gonna? That's why it? I leave it on the table. I do too. That's uh, yep. Yeah, I leave books that I'm working on out. Yeah, they deserve it. They deserve. I their carry time them around with me. Yeah. Yeah. When we went to brunch, I had um a quart of mist and fury in my purse. Um, I had. I wasn't Did reading you have a book too. Oh. I was like, wow. No, I did, though. I think I had Nickel Boys in my ba- bag. In your black? <laughs> that was not in me, and you know it. Earlier, when you said that she had to carry a lizard in her pocket, I was like, which pocket? 
lumpid in your pussy. She would have done it. That girl was. Yeah, that's what I was like. Like for some digital fingering. Yeah. But right now I don't have a book in my bag because I had three, but I gave them to you guys already. You got I three have a book in my bag. Okay, anyways, so we're literary bitchcraft. Uh, Nicole's being haunted, so sorry if you wanted to hear us finish talking about Shit's Creek. My ghost did We love you guys, and we'll see you later. Sorry we disappeared, but hi, we're, we're back. We're back, and we're back for gooder. Cause you're we're not back, and we're better than ever. Just kidding, we're not. We're exactly the same. We're back, and we're worse if not than worse. <laughs> Catch us on. No. <laughs> catch us. Sorry if this episode's echoey. By the way, my cat's pissed on the sound blankets. Um, catch us on Lit, Lit Bitch Pod, Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're not really on Twitter that much, but We're mostly on TikTok and Instagram and Instagram. Um, so catch us there. Yeah, or LitBitchPod.com. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Do not tell your grandma. Okay, I uh, love you guys. Bye.